Welcome to WebRush, the weekly talk show that brings you stories of real-world development from industry experts and developers like you and me. Each week, Ward Bell, Dan Walleen, Craig Shoemaker, and John Papa find out what it takes to write, deploy, and maintain apps that stand up to the demands of the real world. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome back to WebRush episode 193. Today's topic, localizing docs with the web. And I've got some really great folks on the show today. But actually, they couldn't join us. So my two co-hosts today are Ward Bell and Craig Shoemaker. How are you doing, fellas? Ooh, ow. Well, I'm doing a lot better up until just like a few seconds ago, I got to be telling you. I have to keep you on your toes. You, You know that. We've been doing, can you all believe we've been doing this show now for 193 episodes? Like, that's a pretty big number. I'm not even sure I can count that high. <laughs> that's, a, that's a fair number of guests. That's a lot of, a lot of great conversations. It's, uh, it's a good body of work to have behind us. Fortunately, <clears throat> our audience has caught every single one of those shows, John. I'm sure they have. Yes. And the one thing that our audience knows is that every episode, it seems like Ward has yet another new audio device that he's purchased for his desk, it seems, that he has to try out. <laughs> Your studio must be amazing at this point. It's There's the pile of unused, unplugged, non-working gear. Is, uh, it's prodigious. So the next show is about Ward opening up his new eBay shop for audio and video gear. I do want to hook this stuff back up at some point, but I, I despair to some degree. You know, Nothing maybe at one point would you... ever survives more than five minutes of contact with me. <laughs> would you be willing at some point maybe to do a show about, because Craig has a lot of knowledge in Siri too, about no, just audio no, and recording would, equipment? I, it would be just, it would be a it would be just a trail of tears. No. <laughs> Here's another device that I used for five minutes and then put in my yeah, drawer. It didn't work. Ran out of batteries the minute I put the batteries in. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, one person who never runs out of batteries is our guest today, returning guest, Aristides Bampakos. How are you doing? Welcome back. Thanks very much. Uh, I'm very happy to be here and uh, I'm very glad that I returned for, I think it's the third time. Um, I don't, I don't know, but maybe I'm your most uh, visited uh, guest. I don't know. You are definitely one of them. We've had a few people now who've been on three times, but it's a, it's a small handful. I think I can count them on one hand. So it's really great to hear from you again. And for those of you who may not know too much about RSDDs, let me tell you a little bit more about him. Aristides is an Angular Google developer expert, a GDE, that works as a web development team lead at PlexEarth. He's the author of two successful books, Learning Angular, 3rd Edition, and Angular Projects, 2nd Edition. And he's very passionate about helping the developer community to learn and grow. His passion for teaching has led him to become an Angular senior tech instructor at CodeHub, where he nurtures aspiring Angular developers and professionals. Welcome back to the show three times over. Thanks very much, and I'm very happy to see you again. Yeah, we are happy to see you too. And This is a new topic for us, uh, which is really important, I believe. And let me set the stage on why I feel so passionate about this. A lot of the companies that I've worked at, it's been really important to think of this world as a global community. So when you're selling products or offering services, or you're just trying to reach your audiences, we tend to think very, uh, what's the word, geocentric, where we think about the world we live in as a bubble. You know, I live in Florida, so the world around me is, you know, usually what are the people around me thinking of? 
or we can think about United States, where I happen to live. But what about people in Africa, in Nigeria, or in Japan, or in other parts of the world? And one of the things that really helps that is to think about the web applications we build and make sure we reach in the natural language that they speak, uh, in the written word that they can read, and just also using the cultural and localized dialects and aspects of the web. So today's topic of localizing docs, to me, it's not about localizing docs. It's about reaching the widest possible audience that we can reach. And that's why I'm so excited to hear from you today, Aristides, and, and tell us more about it. Like, what, what inspired you to bring this topic today? So uh, I think that most people, especially in the development community, uh, understand very much the, tec the technical terms, right? But I have noticed that there is a difficulty in some of them in understanding the grammar and the syntax. For example, especially in the Angular context that I'm uh, specialized, all developers, irrelevant of which nationality they are or what language they speak, know what is an Angular component, right? But if you don't understand the grammar and the syntax when you read the documentation, you may understand the term component, but the rest may be difficult for you to understand it. So if you don't get the whole picture, some phrases and sentences may have a totally different meaning for you. And sometimes you don't understand the actual content so good. Yes, I think I've had that experience trying to read uh, you know, technical stuff or listen to a technical talk in Spanish because my friend Jesus does those and sends them to me uh, because I tell him that I know Spanish when I don't. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, I can, I, it's, it's a little bit like a dog, blah, 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 spot, Fido, blah, 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 Fido, sit. <laughs> oh, oh, hold on, Ward. You tell your friend who speaks Spanish that you understand Spanish when you don't? <laughs> oh, oh, well, sure, John. Uh, you know, it's on my resume. It says that I speak Spanish. So, uh, yeah. Um, and I highly recommend lying about the languages you speak on your resume. Yeah, I'm sure that uh, no, goes over really well at employees. Well, my resume <laughs> says that I'm an expert fencer, so <laughs> I can say anything I want I, now, I guess, right? Do you know that I fenced in college, Craig? So we're going to have to have it on. Yeah, see, that's the danger of pulling out these things you think are impressive, Craig, He's is Ward has pretty yeah. much done everything. So, including, yes. including speaking Spanish. I want you to know that. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, are you building apps in React, Angular, Node, or some other framework? Well, with NX, you can build your full stack apps in a shared mono repo, integrate with modern tools, and reinforce best practices. You'll get advanced code generation and automatically configured tooling like Cypress, Jest, and Prettier that will simplify your workflow. NX also helps you simplify the relationships between applications and shared libraries to make it easier to share more code and develop more consistently across teams. And the best part is you'll build higher quality apps and spend less time on configuration. So visit nx.dev to get Narwhal's popular open source toolkit for monorepo development today. But, but, but back to the main point, Aristides, you're absolutely right. You know, you can, you kind of pick up, you pick up the vocabulary of whatever you're doing, but, but actually, and maybe you kind of, you know, you've heard it enough that you can, you feel like you're almost getting it, but you're spending all of your time 
uh, wrestling with um, the language and and not getting anywhere. It's exhausting and not getting anywhere with learning what the person is trying to say. So uh, it's got to I feel for everybody who has to learn Angular uh, with English only docs. And so you're doing something about that. Yes. Yes, that's right. Um, I have started a new initiative in the Greek development community for Angular, where in um, close cooperation with Angular, uh, with some persons from the Angular core team, uh, we started translating the official Angular documentation into, into the Greek language. You know, at first I was very hesitant to do this, and uh, I have spoken with some people from the local community, and they, I was a bit disappointed because they told me that, you know, we are Greek, we understand most of it, uh, English is not bad for us. But, you know, at the end of the day, I thought that um, there are some developers, and I have noticed that from my experience, that are not very uh, comfortable with uh, the English syntax. So I have seen that they struggle to, to learn new things in Angular if they don't understand it as a whole phrase, right? So I started this initiative. Are you actually doing this with, are you also changing to Cyrillic? I mean, it's a different character set. Are you actually doing that part too? Uh, no, Cyrillic is not uh, part of the Greek uh, alphabet. Oh, I'm thinking something else. But I know the Greek alphabet. I meant the Greek alphabet. Uh, now I'm sounding like an idiot. But yes, I know what you mean. Anyway, what the Greek words? alphabet. Here's I, me sitting here thinking, wow, I just learned something about Greek that I didn't know. I had well, no- <laughs> you know, I, uh, uh, I've been exposed for the fraud that I am. I, I meant the Greek alphabet. Forgive me. Gotcha, um, gotcha. But you're, doing, you're also, I mean, that's an extra challenge for, I would think, for... Uh, translation. So, so you're actually working on. Uh, so, what's what's your approach? What do you? Because uh, uh, there's an awful lot of documentation there. Are you trying to uh, cherry pick it, or are you going to do the whole thing? Actually, the translation process is a very difficult and manual process because you know there is no standard way of localizing the Angular docs right now except of uh, the Angular Japanese as far as I know that they have done something automated with uh, their docs there isn't a standard way so that the Angular team can say okay this is how you translate the docs this is the tools that you will use go ahead I know that there are some uh, th- 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 there are some workgroups established and they have started investigating some of the tools, but it is very manual. And just to let everybody know uh, on the audience, I just found this. Uh, it looks like there is Angular documentation in Greek that Aristides uh, mentioned. I just found a tweet where it was announced by the Angular team and how to go view it for yourself. So you can go actually check out the full Angular documentation in the Greek language uh, by looking at the link in the show notes. So go give it a try. Well, one of the things that I'm always curious about when it comes to localization and internationalization of, of help is the text is one thing, but when you have images, that's completely different. So as you're going through this process, are you thinking of, are, are there like image formats that you work with where you can translate the text and then resave them off? Or are you having just completely different images created uh, for the, the localized text, or are you trying to avoid images altogether? Like, what's your strategy there? Uh, actually, there is um, there is a guide on how you can start localizing the Angular documentation. I will put a link on the notes 
right now. Um, so, so let me ask you while you're doing that, what, um, what's wrong with Google Translate? Why can't we just, you know, just, just use that? How does that let you down? I was expecting for this answer, actually, Ward. I expected it to come from me, the guy who's always, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Not at all. Actually, when we translate, there is a guide from the Angular documentation that says, at minimum, you need to translate these guides. And these guides are the getting started guide and the very basic tutorial, right? So when I started uh, translating by myself, because this is something that I started by my own, right? Um, I was using Google Translate. I copied the translation, the Greek translation in the Markdown document, but I was adjusting it according to, uh, to my understanding because in English, you can say a word, right? For example, two words to say something, but in Greek and in other languages, you can say the same without translating the actual words but instead, you can give you can give the meaning with your own words. You can use other words. So after I was translating, after I was using Google Translate, I was pasting the content, but I wasn't using it as it was. I was modifying it because okay, Google Translate is uh, mm. is based on um, some automated is based on machine learning, and you know uh, it it. It tries to do at its best, but it can't be the best. And I think this is generally for ML. Yeah, so it gives you a first approximation that would be, you know, good enough if I'm trying to find a sandwich in Greek. But it's just, it's not going to cut it for things that require this degree of sophistication, right? Google Translate is not conversational, right? You can't just start conversa- start yeah. a conversation with that. So... You just throw your your phrases, and it it tries to do its best. And I used Google Translate a lot when I started. Uh, I was translating the minimum content by myself, and then um, I after I finished the minimum content that Angular uh, required, I made a PR in the in the GitHub repository, and then they announced it just like John mentioned. And at the end, I organized an event here in Greece, uh, which w- it was organized online, uh, so that uh, to announce it in the local community in Greece. And I saw that there was a lot of interest from local developers. Actually, at the end of the event, we had uh, two contributions. Here's an idea. Have you Did you consider like crowdsourcing some of the translation? For example, I mean, I can imagine a sort of a, a party where you got to bunch of people who were bilingual in Greek and English, and you each took, um, <clears throat> you know, a, a small part of a piece of documentation and everybody kind of did it together, you know, because, you know, it's just a lot to do. I think the thing is that it's so overwhelming uh, that you, so that's why I was wondering if you considered crowdsourcing. Uh, no, I, I, I decided to use um, the GitHub for when you say crowdsourcing, you mean because I don't I don't know what crowdsourcing means. Ah, that means instead of trying to do it all yourself, you get a bunch of other people in the community to sort of help with bits and pieces of it, you know, uh, with the translation. Or um, and it is sorry, right. is that because you're thinking, wow, there's a lot of pages in the docs. So how how do you get all them done? There's so yeah. many pages, and there's so much to do. And I would I would go 
I would be bored out of my mind translating. <laughs> I would think right. I'm the guy. I don't think I'm the right guy for this job. Uh, but, you know, I was just imagining how uh, how to tackle a project of this size uh, uh, and whether you were trying to do it all, you know, just solo or whether you were thinking about getting help, you know, getting people to participate. Um, at first, we were we were thinking on how to uh, on how to prioritize the content because we didn't want we didn't want to translate everything. Actually, in Angular documentation, exactly, there are some pieces that you can't just translate. For example. The API reference. This is not translatable, right? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, a great point. So um, we had a lot of help from the Angular core team in this, and um, especially George Kalpakas from the Angular team helped us by finding the most popular pages uh, that were visited from Greece in the last two months based on the analytics from the official Angular documentation. So we made a list of uh, six or seven uh, guides. For example, HTTP router forms, and we decided that we will work on uh, translating first of all these guides, because this is what has meaning after all for the Greek Angular developers. This is what analytics showed, right? So we 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 created. I created. I was based heavily on uh, GitHub discussions to general to better communicate the this effort. So we opened up uh, a discussion for announcements, uh, for uh, content that was translated, for new tra translated content, or for translation opportunities where someone may want to write to translate uh, his uh, a guide by himself by themselves. Um, of course, something that is not very widely known is that when you translate something, you just don't you don't need just um, a translator, right? You need a reviewer to review the translated content. Right. If it is correct from a grammar uh, and a syntax viewpoint. And you also need a tester to test the guide from the technical point of view. For example, if the code samples are correct. Uh, and this po the, the last point that uh, the testing uh, role, as I like to mention it, you know, it helped also the official Angular documentation because when someone uh, found finds um, a problem in the code samples, this problem will also be present in the official Angular documentation because the code samples are, are the same in all languages. <laughs> we write code in English as far as I know in 2022, right? So it was beneficial also for the Angular team. We found the uh, a couple of uh, problems in their code samples, and we submitted uh, some PRs. So, John, one of the things I like about AG Grid, which is a, a data grid component for the kind of complex uh, grid scenarios that we encounter all the time in enterprise apps, one of the things I really like about it is that it works for a variety of frameworks, Angular, React, Vue, or, or just vanilla JS. Does that ring a bell for you? No, oh, it really does. There's all these different companies that I work with where they have no choice but to use a lot of these different tools because they have different teams working on them. So being able to port their code or share that code and that technical investment they have is really important to them. Yeah, well, it's important to us, uh, ideally, and we're a consulting company. And, you know, we never know what our client's going to want to use, Angular, React, Vue, but they're all going to need a grid. And it's great to be able to reach for uh, the one grid that works everywhere, AG Grid.
you know, at, at any size company too, because you could have these teams that maybe they only use one framework, but eventually they're going to switch to another one and be able to take that investment again and use it, reuse it is really nice. So if a multi-framework data grid makes sense to you, please go check out AG Grid at ag-grid.com. That, that's awesome. You know, something I want to call out that you're you're talking about here too is you mentioned George Kalpakis, who's a friend of ours as well, and I put his link in the show notes, works on the Angular team. I think we we on this podcast take for granted that since we talk with a lot of these folks like yourself, we know that the Angular team in particular, and, and this isn't just true of Angular, but it's with React and others, that the Angular team specifically has people around the world contributing. It's not just, you know, you think of Google, you think they're, you know, located in central California, but it's a global team. And then you've got all the open source contributors who occasionally contribute as well. So I, I think it's really important to call out that it's pretty amazing how some of the technology we used has great people like yourself who are able to uh, directly contribute to the documentation because the overall impact must be, wow, now that we've got documentation that's localized, this has got to make it easier for people, specifically for you in Greece, to be able to use Angular. Uh, tell us more about the impact this has had on Greek developers uh, using Angular. Is that something that you've seen or heard feedback on? Uh, at, when I organized the first event to announce it, as I mentioned, we had two PRs at that day. Uh, and this, in it, this initiative now runs for about uh, five months, and we have already six contributors. Uh, we have closed uh, ten, eight issues, and we have also uh, we have completed eight PRs, and we have two PRs open. But what amazes me uh, from the local community is that I got so many messages from uh, Angular developers in Greek, uh, Greek Angular developers, that they wanted to contribute. And you know, the the very important point was that there were there were some developers that were not that, that were not live uh, they didn't live in Greece, they may be outside, right, in another country, but they wanted to help. Uh, so that other Angular developers that are not comfortable can understand the documentation um, uh, very good. Uh, to be honest, I don't expect so much to be perceived by all Angular Greek developers, right? But I want to uh, those this small um, percentage that they that they are struggling with the syntax and the grammar to benefit from this. Aristides, thank you for joining us again. I, really interesting. I'm actually going to go try to take a look at the docs and compare English to Greek to kind of get a sense of, you know, what's available and what's the experience like. Is um, I'm going to play around with that quite a bit. I appreciate you sharing that and all the different links. This is now the part of the show where we go into the final thoughts for our audience, where you can share anything on topic or off topic that you wanted to let them know about. Uh, what are your final thoughts for the audience today, Aristides? I, I, I want always to try to do my best to make other Angular developers learn the their Angular from their from its documentation. So um, this month I have started writing my third book, uh, which it will be called Learning Angular Fourth Edition. It will be a refresh of the third edition, and it will be packed with a lot of new features from Angular version fourteen and 15, 
and I hope uh, the community will um, will like it as they like the previous edition. That's great that you're sharing that. I know Craig has read your book cover to cover. Uh, he's actually hoarding the copies that you shared with us. So we'll have to get those from Craig sometime. <laughs> Craig, when do I get my copy of his book? Come on. Uh, on any day that ends in Y. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. So I want to make sure that we call out a special thank you to all of our guests who come onto the show. It's been great. We wouldn't have 193 episodes if it weren't for our great guests that come on and for our great co-hosts, Dan Ward and Craig, who show up every week to engage in these great conversations and to our sponsors who keep us on the air. Thank you for IdeaBlade for supporting us from day one, for Narwhal, for Ionic, and for AG Grid for being our longtime sponsors as well. And thank you all for joining us for yet another week of WebRush. You'll hear from us every Thursday morning. See you next time. <laughs>